Hey y'all, thank you for tuning in to another episode of Let's Mom Bitch. I am your host, Alonda, and again, I am so happy you chose to tune in today. This is episode number three, yay. I'm super excited to even have just a few listeners, and hopefully that will continue to grow. Um, How was y'all week? Mine has been pretty all right. Um, The kids are in good health. Nyla's not sick anymore. Um, The work week has been amazing. Um, It wasn't as much drama as usual. Um, It's just been an amazing week. Um, It is about 7.30 in the morning. I've been up since around 6 a.m. because Nyla usually, she's on our um, work schedule. So she usually wakes up every day about 6, 6.30. Um, she won't go past 6.30 without having a bottle. So this morning she got up a little bit before 6 and I went ahead and made her her bottle. But prior to that, I had to, you know, change her diaper. And she had this one hard ball of poop in her diaper. And um, Nyla does this little shimmy every morning. Like, she twists her hips so hard. And she often does it when you're changing her diaper. So, the little poop ball disappeared. Like, I could not find the poop ball. I'm like, oh, my God. Where is this poop? Like, the diaper didn't go nowhere. I opened the diaper. I kept looking in the diaper and all of that. I shook out her cover. The poop ball wasn't there. It was just this big mystery where the poop ball was. But I smelled it because her little poop be so stank. (laughs) And it wasn't. It was like a hard ball, so I knew it wasn't going to smear or nothing, but I had to find it. So I ended up taking the mattress out of her pack and play, and it was like off to the side or whatever so I got it and threw it out of course but I just thought that was crazy like I thought I was going crazy it was the case of the missing poop ball (laughs) so as I said I had a pretty good week at work however I am working with kids and you know it's so many different personalities of kids and their parents and the one thing that I can't stand, and this is, it doesn't matter whether it's at my job or if I see some kids in the street or if it's my friend's kids, a neighbor kid, whatever. I cannot stand a disrespectful ass child. I can't. And what I hate worse is when the parents just let them do it. Like I know Beating your kid's ass is a is frowned upon these days. Um, I actually am one of the people who kind of agree that whoopings or excessive whoopings are not beneficial in the long run. But I do think that depending on the age and the situation, a butt whooping is warranted. And I don't mean beat the life out to children because I think that's the reason why, you know, the government or the community is like, okay, we're not going to let y'all spank your kids because 
I know some of y'all grew up getting your ass whooped with extension cords and you know what I'm saying? Just getting your hair boxed in and I mean that's not good. That's that's traumatic. That's it doesn't help. It makes the kids angry. But that's a, another topic for another day. But sometimes a ass whooping to remind you of who the fuck I am and what you're not going to do is warranted. And there was this child that, um, he was around my son's age. I think he was a little bit younger. I think he was like eight. And, um, he, I had to take his blood pressure and he had this jacket on and his sleeve wouldn't come all the way up. So I'm like, take off your jacket. And he shook his head. No. And um, his mom was telling him to take off his jacket. He said, no. Now, first of all, you can tell me no all day because I'm not your mama, you know, and I'm going to look at your mom because I'm not fighting with nobody else's child at my job. You should be able, you brought your child in for an appointment. You need to be dealing with your child because as soon as I say something to him, then you're going to want to report me. You're going to get an attitude, whatever the case may be. I don't have time for that. So the mom told him he had to take his jacket off and he said no. And I mean, like with no emotion, no anything, no fear, he just said no. And um, she was like, oh, he just doesn't like taking his jacket off. Lady, I don't give a fuck what he don't like. (laughs) Your child does not tell you no. And I'm sorry. And I, you know. I can count on one hand how many times I've had to spank Tristan in his life. Um, And he's a pretty good kid. You know what I'm saying? But if he ever in his life, I don't care if he's eight or 18, tell me no, I'm going to smack the bullshit out of him. (laughs) I can promise you that because it's going to be a reaction. You know what I'm saying? Like, who the fuck are you talking to? And then to do it in public, I might go to jail that day. Because you know how people, oh my God, she slapped them. This, this. Okay, you take him home with you. And you let him tell you no. And a dog. Like, you as an adult are going to sit there and allow your eight-year-old child to tell you no with a straight face. And you not do anything about it. Oh, this is going to progress. You are never going to be able to have any control over him or her. As long as he's allowed to do that. But I'm not going to spend the episode talking about that. Just situations like that just really makes me angry. It really makes me angry. So, um, you know, I always come across these crazy news reports and um the one that i came across this week was in charlotte at a chick-fil-a you know how they ask you your name and you know when your order comes out your name is on the receipt well a black girl had went to a chick-fil-a in charlotte north carolina and when she got her order her receipt said nigger Really, people, in 2023, with the Black Lives Matter movement, 
like just people just all over cracking down on like discrimination and like racial situations or whatever all the movies that then came out 12 years of slave emancipation whatever like all the light this beat that is being put on even now more so than ever on just like discrimination and how black people have been treated in this country and in 2023 you are still trying it like you are that bold to put nigger on the damn receipt and then at chick-fil-a of all places chick-fil-a is like the damn red lobster of fast food as far as the food quality as far as customer service like chick-fil-a is the place that you don't feel like you want to snatch the damn worker out the window because they were smart with you messed up your order whatever and then to pull up the chick-fil-a and you give them your name and you get your order and it say nigger on it I'm just so disgusted. <laughs> like, I just can't believe it. I mean, I can believe it, but I can't believe it because it's Chick-fil-A and people are really still doing this in 2023. It's unfortunate. It really is. So let's get into today's episode. Today's episode is called the Mommy Makeover episode. Um... I, in March of 2021, I made the decision to have weight loss surgery. Now, when I was growing up, I was very skinny. And in my senior year of high school, I started picking up weight. And I believe that is because I danced ballet from the time I was eight until I was almost 17. And then I stopped because I was, you know, just busy with my friends in high school, wanting to hang out, didn't want to go to ballet class a few times a week. And then I wanted to eat what I wanted to eat. They, I mean, I was real small. They wanted me to be smaller, like, ain't no way. So I quit ballet and then obviously I wasn't as active anymore and me eating whatever I wanted was out the window because I started picking up weight but at that time you know I knew that my clothes wasn't fitting right but I was kind of happy that I got a little thicker and I still got a lot of compliments um but then that thickness it just continued and continued and continued And one day I woke up and I was 250 pounds. And then years later, I woke up and I was 320 pounds. And when I got to the 320 pound mark, um, I just was so devastated because I guess I was in denial from the 250 mark on because I was like, well, I I can't go over 250 because for years I was at 250. And then I just didn't really care about my weight, I guess. Um, I, I mean, I just wasn't focused on it. I mean, I did try to lose weight a couple of times. And um, the one time I lost 20 pounds, I ended up getting pregnant with Tristan. And maybe that activated my, you know, fertility because this was 
past 30. Um, and I got pregnant with him out the blue. So had a baby, wasn't really worried about what I was eating after that, you know, and like I said, one day I just woke up, got on the scale. I was 320 pounds and I couldn't believe it. And I knew that the only thing that it was going to, the only thing that would happen is I'm going to continue to get big and then you're going to see me on the 600 pound life and I can't live that life. You know what I'm saying? And I had started noticing at that time that it was a little more painful to like walk, to get up. Like after I eat, I would always have this sharp pain on my left side. I would never know what it was. And then the doctor's office that I was working at at the time, like the, all we did was eat in that mug. Like all we did was eat. Like the drug reps used to spoil us. They used to take us to these fancy dinners. They used to bring food to the office. We used to have potlucks all the time. Like all we did was eat. We used to, and then when somebody wasn't bringing us food, like Wilson, the MA, or somebody, whoever wanted to go out for lunch that day, we rotated it. We would go to like whatever restaurant and just bring back food and just be eating. And at that particular office, I was working with adult patients. So me as the nurse didn't have to do as much moving around. Um, I basically did like the triage type stuff, you know, where patients would call in with medical questions or something that they had going on. And I would give them, you know, medical advice within the scope of my practice. And then you know, refer them to their doctor or have them come make an appointment if it was something that I couldn't answer because it wasn't in the scope of my practice. I would also be doing refills. And a lot of the stuff I did was like paperwork and refills and stuff like that. Or if somebody walked into the office and they needed a nurse to triage them to see if they needed to be seen by a physician that day, I would do that, but it wasn't the moving around that I'm doing at the um, pediatrics office now. So like I wasn't really mobile. I wasn't leaving work, working out or anything. And then I just kept getting bigger and bigger and bigger. Now, prior to me finding out that I was 320 pounds, um, I knew I was big and I thought about ways to lose weight um and I tried those ways that weren't successful I was just so opposed I didn't want surgery to be like the option for me that's what I always said like I didn't want to just pick surgery like I wanted to try first and I feel like I did try you know when I when I was trying like the I tried the keto diet I tried just doing the whey protein shakes, replacing meals, all of that. And like I said, I lost, the biggest weight loss I had was that 20 pound loss. And then I got pregnant. So it was like, what the hell? So one day I woke up and I said, I need this weight off now. Let me look into surgery. So I contacted my insurance company and I wanted to see if the surgery was covered or what I could do to get the surgery covered. And the particular plan that my job had 
weight loss surgery was excluded. It was an excluded coverage. So that means that you cannot even, they won't pay for it even if it's a medical necessity. Like they're not even going to look at it. You can't do a prior authorization, anything like that. It was just completely excluded. They were not going to pay for it. So, of course, I was discouraged because, like I said, I had the feeling like this weight has to be off now. There's no working out that's going to happen. Like, there's no cutting back on calories that's going to do it. Like, this amount, excuse me, of weight that I'm carrying has to go now. So, I heard a little bit about, like, people going to other countries to have surgery. So I started looking into that or looking into places that would let me... First, I started looking into places that would let me pay out of pocket and I wanted to just price it to see what I needed to do because I was willing to work extra hours, pick up agency work, whatever I needed to do to save up the money. Maybe they would allow me to be on a payment plan. So I contacted a couple of bariatric centers and I was living in South Carolina at the time. I contacted a couple of bariatric centers and their prices was upwards of $20,000. And I just didn't foresee me having $20,000 anytime soon. And like I said, it, this situation for me was, uh, I was in a state of urgency. So I Googled weight loss surgery out of pocket. I came across like Mexico and I came across a couple of um, places in Mexico that offered the surgery. And, um, I started doing research. I found a couple of Facebook pages dedicated to surgery and surgery in Mexico. I found a Facebook group that was associated with one of the places that I was looking into, which I was able to get a lot of information from that. And then I um, went on YouTube to see if anybody did any YouTube videos about the weight loss surgery and where they had it in Mexico. And that's how I ended up making my decision on the um, facility that I ended up going with. And I have to say it was the best decision of my life. And I know a lot of people in the United States talk trash on people who go out of the country for surgery. Oh, it's dangerous, it's dirty, it's people die. You know, in the United States, it's dangerous. Surgery is dangerous in general, no matter what surgery you're having. The facility in the United States can be dirty. People can die, like unfortunately, complications can happen, no matter if you're healthy, no matter if it's a mistake from the doctor, or it could have just happened just because your body just rejected that surgery. I, I mean, I don't know if that's the correct way to say it, but just some people, the outcome is not good and it's not necessarily the fault of the facility or the surgeon. So my experience was amazing. The I paid $5,800 um, and I didn't even have to pay all of that up front. I was able to get financing, so I had to come with like $3,000 and then, 
Well, I had to come with $3,200, and I'll explain why. I had to come with $3,000 towards the surgery, and the rest of it was going to be financed. And um, I didn't have to... The only other thing I had to pay for was my flight there and back. So they have you fly into San Diego, and then they have somebody pick you up at the airport, and um, they take you across the border. And then when you leave, they take you back across the border to San Diego, and then you get back on your flight. So... Um, the airport transportation was included. You also didn't have to find a hotel or pay for any accommodations because they owned a beach house that you can get there early. You can come up to two days early or stay up to two days afterwards. And all of that was just included. And it was a beautiful, you know, nice little rooms on the beach. Um, you did have to share your suite with somebody. So on one side, you had your suite and then on the other side, it was another patient and their companion. Your companion was free. The only thing that they had to pay for was their meals when they're at the hospital or like at the beach house, you would be able to order stuff and pay for it. And it was reasonable price, reasonably priced. It wasn't anything, um outrageous so and the food was good to my understanding I couldn't eat anything while I was there but it was good um the facility was beautiful it was spotless like I have not been in a hospital or doctor's office in the United States in a very long time where I went in there and the floors was just shining like you could see your reflection like all the equipment was spotless and you know I'm a nurse so I'm critical if I had noticed anything I wouldn't have cared what I paid I would have been out of there with the quickness (laughs) but um the facility was nice. It was beautiful. It was clean. Everybody was polite. My only thing was, my only regret, you might as well say, is me not knowing much Spanish because most of the people spoke English, but some of the night nurses didn't speak a lick of English. And, you know, if it, I didn't have any complications, but if you're having some complications, that could be scary because... You really need somebody that speaks whatever language or a translator, you know, available at all times. So that was the only thing that I didn't like. Um, But it was an amazing experience. I had minimal pain. Like, I, I feel like a lot of the pain that I thought that I had was like in my head. Because as soon as my eyes po- popped open, I was like, oh, it hurts. It hurts. It hurts. But... It really wasn't, after I, you know, think about it now, it really wasn't like any excruciating pain. But when you have surgery, they like, well, for this particular surgery, they blow your abdomen up with, I guess, air. I don't know. Um, I don't know, like, the medical terms, but they blow you up. So when you come out, you're having, like, gas pains. You know what I'm saying? So, um They gave me stuff for that, and then um, I had to stay in the hospital for... You stay the night that you have surgery, and then you stay one more full day, and then they take you down that next day to get... um, I forgot what it's called, Um, but they do like a... 
x-ray to make sure that there's no leak or anything in your sleeve because if it's a leak you know they'll have to go back in and like staple or stitch you back up or whatever but they make sure there's no leak and then you're released from the hospital the next day and then when you're released from the hospital they suggest that you at least stay one more day at the beach house because the be- at the beach house they had like different classes and stuff that shows you how to like make your protein shakes or protein shots and to get the proper nutrition and fluids in as you recover because the downside of having your surgery in another country is that you don't have the post-op and the follow-up care that you would have in the United States. And that's also the reason for the price difference. So in the United States, you usually would have to go through classes. You'll have to talk to a nutritionist. You'll have to talk to a, I believe, a psychiatrist or a counselor to see if you're mentally prepared to have the surgery. The nutritionist is going to see if you're like ready for the lifestyle change that comes with, you know, having the surgery. Because let's be honest, if you have the surgery lose all this weight but you don't change your eating habits you um might as well have not had the surgery because you're gonna gain all the weight back um so having the surgery in the united states is beneficial for those reasons because after the fact you know i really wish i had like the counselors and stuff to talk to because I don't know if that type of surgery affects your hormones, um, but I feel like it affected mine. Like you're in a different mental space. And then when your body starts changing rapidly, you don't really like how your body looks like. I'm happy that I lost the weight. I was, my highest weight was 320 pounds. And now I'm 186. Well, I toggle between like 184 and 188, but I will not gain or lose anything more than that. However, I did just have a baby um, in the midst of all of this. But um, still that's a big difference 320 to 186 you know and i'm happy that i'm a lot smaller and healthier but mentally i'm maybe a little messed up still like i said i have these periods where i don't like my body um i had planned In my head, I said, okay, I'm going to have the weight loss surgery. I know there might be some extra skin and and stuff like that. And I'm open to having like a tummy tuck. And I want to have a BBL because, I mean, I have a like the circumference of ass. But it goes flat in the middle. So, hey, if you're going to take the fat out my stomach, you might as well put it in a place that needs it. And so I was open to that. I actually had my surgery scheduled for March of 
2022. Yep. March of 2022, I was supposed to go to Miami and have a tummy tuck BBL with Lipo 360. But then in November of 2021, that's when I found out I was pregnant with Nyla. And I had just reached like under 200 pounds, like in bariatric surgery world the goal is to get to wonderland and wonderland is being back in the 100s so i had just crossed over into wonderland i think the scale was like 198 and then two days later i found out that i was pregnant so like mentally it was like on one hand i was happy um because I'm pregnant. Like, that's supposed to be a joyful thing. Um, On another hand, I'm like, damn, I'm pregnant. You know, I just lost all this weight. And I, I, at that time, I couldn't eat anything but a couple bites. And I was getting sick all the time. But I guess I understand why now. I mean, in the beginning, it was just because of the surgery and my stomach not agreeing with the same foods that I used to eat prior to surgery. But then when I got pregnant, I didn't find out I was pregnant until I was about two months pregnant. So then, and that, that explains why I got so sick around those times, but it just kind of worrying about like, am I going to gain a whole lot of weight? Is, is it, am I going to be able to lose weight after the baby and all of that, which I ended up not like I actually ended up losing about 18 pounds in the first trimester. And then I stopped I actually gained a couple pounds. Um, Well, I stopped and then I didn't gain any weight during the whole pregnancy. I was 180 and I was stuck at 180 the whole pregnancy. And um, since then, like I said, I'm toggling between 186, 185 and 188. So I've, I've gained what, like eight pounds since having the baby nine months ago. But Hey, I'll take them eight pounds over over a hundred pounds any day. Um, but it's just it was a lot for me mentally, and I think after the baby and like all the situ- the stuff that happened during my pregnancy, um, it was some postpartum depression with that on top of the like the body image issues and stuff. So it's still stuff that I'm dealing with. However, I do not regret having the surgery and I do not regret regret having it in Mexico. Um, but I mean, I could talk about this for hours. <laughs> if you have any questions, if anybody has any questions, um, specific questions, please feel free to email me at letsmom.b.com podcast at gmail.com again that's let's mom.b.podcast at gmail.com or you can send me a dm on instagram at let's mom bitch um so like i said i had the cosmetic surgery scheduled i had to cancel i actually rescheduled for the end of april april of this year but i'm pushing that back as well I had a moment where I'm like, okay, now I have another child. And, you know, you always think about the risk that can happen with surgery. 
Um, although I like to think positive and trust in God, um, he allowed me to make it through the weight loss surgery. And I believe that he'll allow me to make it through the cosmetic surgery. But the difference between the weight loss and the cosmetic surgery for me is the weight loss surgery was a necessity for me. And the cosmetic surgery is not a necessity. And I would really hate for something to happen. Lord forbid I die. And then, you know, my kids are left without their mother. So that that has came across my mind a little more now. Um, but I also want to be able to feel good about my body, which nowadays I'm starting to feel a little better now that I think I'm out of the postpartum depression and I'm in a better place mentally. And I also had been um, speaking with a therapist every two weeks, um, just feeling better about myself. Um, so I started kind of doubting the surgery and I'm still not a hundred percent sure that I'm going to do it. But as, um, as I've been thinking about it more lately, I may go ahead and do, do the surgery maybe at the end of this year, beginning of next year. And then also keep in mind that I'll be 41 in June and surgery becomes a little more risky with age. So I just feel like if I don't get it done within the next couple of years, I don't think that I would do it past like 45, let's say that. Because for me, not to knock anybody older who gets surgeries, for me, it's not going to be worth putting my body through that at that age. Um, but I definitely want to do, I've always had large breasts. And of course, with um, being real big and now getting real small, I mean, my big breasts are still there, but they have went down only a little bit and they're sagging. So I definitely, I'm 100% sure that I'm going to have a breast reduction and lift. Um, so I may end up just getting that done like this year. I am trying to see if my insurance will cover that because they will cover that for a medical necessity. And I feel like it's a medical necessity because I have neck and back pain. I always get the grooves in my um, shoulders from the bra strap. Um, yeah, so I, I just feel because of the pain and like my posture is not good. Like I kind of hunch over because it's just so heavy. Um, and I've start, started to feel that more after I lost all the weight because prior to me losing all the weight, my whole body hurt. And now it's just like the upper body. So I think I can attribute that to the large breast and them sagging. So hopefully I'll be able to get that covered by my insurance. If not, I'll just, you know, pay out of pocket and go from there. Um, Um, so like I said, I, I have been, I will say that I have been feeling much better about my body 
than I did early on after I lost all the weight and um, after having the baby. I really hate my stomach. I'm not going to lie. Like, and that's that's really why I want to have the tummy tuck because once that stomach is stretched out, there's no exercise in the world that you're able to do to make it look better. You know what I mean? And I just always feel like, like even after losing all the weight, I still feel like I'm fat. I have to take pictures of myself to look at it and be like, oh, I'm pretty small. You know what I'm saying? But I still feel like I'm fat. It's still hard for me to buy clothes because I always buy the bigger size and then it'd be too big. And I look, you know, you look kind of sloppy when you wear clothes that's too big, you know. Um, And that's another thing that I've been talking to my therapist about. So it's just a lot. It's a lot. And like I said, if anybody has any specific questions or or would like to vent about your experience with weight loss surgery or just trying to lose weight in general, please feel free to hit me up. Um, But let me tell you, let me go back to my morning. So I've been up since uh, almost six this morning with Nyla. Uh, well, let's say this last night, um, Shay and I, you know, had our whiskey. We like whiskey and, um, man, I'm telling you, whiskey will take you out. Like he's in that room knocked out right now. And I was dragging this morning and we didn't even have, like, it's not like we sit up in here and get drunk. Number one, we have the baby. So we're not going to do that. But number two, like, I mean, I don't know if it's just because we're older and our tolerance is low, but we had one glass of a double shot with, um, we put this Georgia peach tea in our drink and it is so good. And I mean, halfway through it, I'd be gone. That whiskey, a half of the glass of whiskey be sitting on my nightstand, um, because it done put me out. But this morning, I done threw some ice in that. I added a little orange juice. (laughs) So now I'm having me a morning whiskey. I know that I used to love tequila sunrise, which it was like tequila, orange juice, and a little of that like grenadine, that like red syrup, and it make it look like a tequila sunrise or a sunrise. But so I guess this morning I'm having me a whiskey sunrise because it is so good. And I promote whiskey, y'all. And I'm not going to say which one we drink because they're not paying me, but I promote whiskey. (laughs) So I'm not going to hold y'all long today. Um, I just wanted to, I guess, give you my weight loss and surgery story and, you know, tell you a little bit about my journey. And like I said, put it out there for you all to Hit me up with your questions, so hopefully I'll hear from some of you soon. So now we're going to get into fishbowl combo, and I have a bunch of questions here that I'm mixing up, and I think I'll just do two today. So let's see. Question number one. What is your favorite book of all time? My favorite book of all time is called The Coldest Winter Ever by Sister Soldier. Man, I mean, it was just a good read. It was probably one of the first books I read, like cover to cover, 
when I was young. Well, I'm lying because I used to, when I was real young, I used to read those little R.L. Stein mystery books or whatever. But like, you know, as I became a teenager, The Coldest Winter Ever was probably the first book that I read. And it was just beautifully written. And um, if you've never read it, I would suggest it. All right. And question number two. All right. This one is, how has your priorities changed in the last 10 years? Well, I became a mother and um, realized that it was not about me anymore. Um, I was the type of person that just pick up and go. Like I moved out of Pennsylvania down South with no family, you know, and if I'm in a tough situation and I don't want to be in that situation anymore, I'd pack my shit and go. And I can't do that with kids. So my priorities changed on that aspect. Also, as far as like work and work ethic, like I used to work in like call centers or I used to be a personal care aide. The personal care aide did not make any money. I want to say like $7 an hour. (laughs) And um, I made the decision after I had my son to go to nursing school because I needed financial security for in order to raise him and just to not depend on, you know, just not having in the back of my head, oh, somebody's going to help me because you will find out that the people that you think are in your corner are not always in your corner or not in your corner at all. So I have to be able to provide the best life for my children. Um, at the time, it was just me and my son. Um, so my priorities as far as work and um, just like stability has changed greatly over the the last 10 years. All right, so it's time for the affirmation of the day. And that is, I was born with greatness inside of me and it's time to show the world just how great I am. With that being said, I thank you for tuning in to another episode of Let's Mom Bitch. I hope you enjoyed it. Um, again, you all can email me at letsmom.b.podcast at gmail.com or DM me on um, Instagram at letsmombitch. Remember to share my podcast, follow it, leave comments if you can, email me. Um, I see great things. In the future of this podcast, I will be transitioning to video as well. I don't have a time frame for that because I'm I'm a newbie. I'm just learning how to navigate this thing. Um, but you will be able to find me on YouTube in the future. And again, I just I thank you so much for your support. Until next time. <laughs>